Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Uh, yeah, look, um, I'm not too bad after um, well, the international break, a bit of a break. I watched the Socceroos absolutely annihilate Bangladesh. Um, didn't get up for the Palestine game this morning, but another win, so that was good. Um, and obviously on the back of uh, probably a nice end um, it's probably frustrating, but a nice end to that last little um, section of, of the league. So good win yeah, d- over over Huddersfield. Delap's sort of making a habit of it because it was the Leicester game also just before the international break with the nice one nil win there. Oh, well, regardless, I think we've had a couple of good wins before the international breaks, which is always a nice way to send the team off. Um, but yeah, look, it was a it was a tough watch at times. It was. The sort of game where I think if we had got a goal early in the piece, like I know we had that mm. penalty claim which looked pretty stonewall from where I was sitting, um, you sort of think if you get a goal like that reasonably early in the game, it's a whole different story and mm. they have to sort of come out a bit more and perhaps we have a chance to score a second or third. But, you know, as it was, still just happy to walk away with the three points and um, you know, get over the line. It's, it's a professional performance. Yeah, I think um, credit to Huddersfield Town. They set up obviously really, really well, um, and they and they, you know, obviously they held us at bay for for a, a long period, um, you know, ninety odd minutes. Um, I couldn't really decide whether this was a game where it was a like if not when or a when not if like. It, it, early on it felt like you know wave after wave of pressure and you thought you know it's it's going to come but then the longer the game went on it sort of became is this just going to drag out into an into a nil all so um i think it was it was good that you know the boys stuck to the game plan um they kept creating chances and you know were able to um you know delapse able to to poke one into the corner um late on so um, I think, yeah, it was just a nice little way to cap off that section after probably a pretty disappointing um, performance the week before against um, West Brom. So, Yeah, for sure. And, and the fact that we had, I think it was 76% possession for the match, but 80% in the first half uh, and, and 20 shots to two, it would have been a pretty frustrating one not to come away with the win in that sort of situation. Um, it was good to see Philogene back as well, coming into mm. the side for Traore. Um I think it's going to be an interesting one. I think it's really going to be a case of when um, Lakilo gets back fit. We we almost like we need that width on the other side as well because I think teams are just double or triple teaming Philogene these days and recognise his quality in the side. Where we need, um, I guess, somebody to offer that threat on the other side to to force teams not to just put everything on him. Um, you know, you sort of look at Tufan coming into the side. Uh, looking probably his sharpest since his return from injury, which has really helped things. Um, but yeah, I think that that natural winger might might be something that we probably just need to see to to get the best out of Philogene. Otherwise, I think teams are just going to sort of stifle him. Yeah, I think um, having. I mean, we we do have lots of really good creative um, options, and yeah, having them, I think Tufan. Seem, seem, seemingly back fit um, seems to make a big difference. Um, he makes some really intelligent runs. I think there was one that he just ghosted in behind his defender to get a really good header um, that was well pushed over by uh, Nichols or whatever. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I think we do need to we need to keep 
those players fit um, as much as possible to absolutely relieve um, that pressure on villaging because obviously when when we can uh, yeah keep give him space and time on the ball is when he's most dangerous um but i think just generally like we have so many good attacking talents and if we can get the right ones get the right combinations get them fit and firing then um we'll be winning plenty of games um throughout the season to come um i guess the probably big concern is is Connolly obviously in this game came on got injured had to go off um which is you know not not a good sign to get subbed on and off um in the one game so um it looked like he took a fair whack on um you know he went he went sort of bounced out from i think uh off a corner or a free kick um bounced out he took a swing the defender took a swing and they kind of i think just sort of hit each other um i think he he, he battled away for a little while but you could tell it wasn't quite um, right. So, uh, you know, there was, con- you know, the, the, there was that the concern about whether he, you know, at such a young age already had that, you know, injury prone sort of tag. And I, I know this is like, it's just a very unfortunate one, but, but still, he just seems to be finding ways um, to, to get himself injured, get himself in, in the recovery room, which is um, very frustrating because obviously, another attacking talent that you would much rather have um, available and on the pitch than doing physio. Yeah, no doubt. And, um, you know, hopefully that that week off does him a bit of good, but it does seem to be, it's concerning that it's basically from the sounds of things, it's a recurrence of the same injury that he suffered against Stoke, which was coming up to 12 months ago now, um, that it's not something that's seemingly healing. Um, yeah, obviously with the talk in recent weeks as well of offering him a longer-term deal as well, you'd sort of hope that there's some confidence that this is something he can overcome and isn't just going to be, you know, something that's going to flare up every now and then for him in his career because we saw at the start of the season how valuable he is when he's out on the pitch and um, haven't been able to see it the last few weeks. So it, it was good to see him back back on the pitch against Huddersfield. So as you say, it was a shame to see him having to be subbed off again uh, in that one. Um, I guess the other attacking player to touch on is Twine as well, who I, I thought had a, had a pretty reasonable game in this one. Um, you know, he, I suppose the only criticism I'd potentially have with his set pieces is that he always seems to look for the short option um, or he never seems – he's sort of lost that confidence to go direct. Um, you know, it ended up being quite a well-worked move where he flicked the the free kick to I think it was too fan to play across for Delap, who really should have put it away. Um but he seems to also be going quite short with his corners a lot of the time. Um, I don't know if that that is a confidence thing. I don't know if it's just a training ground routine that we've been working on to just try and open up a bit more space. Uh, but in general, play seem to be um, you know on the improve, and so I just hope that you know if he can bag a couple of goals, get a bit of confidence, that it might just loosen up his play altogether. Yeah, I think um, he is one that seems to be a bit of a slow burn, but I think he is starting to build into a little bit of um, form. He seems to be contributing, you know, in, in a more impactful way. Whereas there's been a few games this season where he sort of just felt like, um, like a passenger, like he's just sort of been there and on, on the field, but not really impacting the game too much. Um, but these days, these last couple of games, he's really starting to um, show some improvement. 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, that's all right. Did you want to uh, give your three to one votes for the game? Sure. Um, I did think about this a minute ago, and then. Um, so, I was going to go in some order: Philogene Delap Two Fan, but I can't. No, Delap Two Fan Twine. I was going to give a point to Twine for just on what we're talking about, an improved performance. And I thought, you know, the, the free kick that you mentioned, the little short kick to the to, towards the back post that was played back across was quite good. Um, I guess I'm going two points to two fan um, for, I think, just some really clever involvement. I think potentially, I can't remember whether, I think it was him on that free kick. There was a couple of other nice crosses that he put in. Um, that header just seemed to be busy and, and getting in good, um, good positions, um, just couldn't quite put it away. And um, cometh the hour, cometh the man. Um, Liam Delap can have uh, three points from me for the three points he secured for us. Good shouts all round. Yeah, I went two fan for the three. I thought he was it was his sharpest game back from injury, which was great to see. Delap, as you said, um, you know, scoring the match winner has to be up there in the votes. And I went Tyler Morton for the one vote. I thought he had another terrific display and, you know, capped off this morning for the England under-21s with a goal and assist. So he's you know, loving his football at the moment, um, which is great to see. Uh, we'll, we'll move on then. We'll, we'll do our player review um, before we round off with um, the two fixtures we've got coming up. Um, and our player for this week is Louis Coyle, club captain. Um, 106 appearances now since he signed for us back in 2022. Uh, no, sorry, it was in 2020 it would have been, wouldn't it? Because it was the League One season. Mm. Um, was made club captain in 2022 is what I meant to say. Um, but, yeah, it signed from Fleetwood Town for a nominal sort of fee. I mean, it would have maybe been a couple of hundred thousand if you're talking a League One signing fee. Um, so hard not to rate it anything other than a success. I mean, he's been a he's he's been a divisive figure in some respects. I think we always talk about the fact that there's this curious factor or element in in that our back four is essentially it's well not essentially it is the back four that got us promoted because it's Greaves, McLaughlin, Jones, and Coyle. Um, I think I, I shared a link just before. There was some anal- analytics done um, of all the centre-backs in the league and Jones and McLaughlin came out in the top five across the league. And I think the call-out in that tweet was, you know, no surprise to see two of the lesser defenders in that back five, in that top five. And I kind of thought, yeah, I think it's a bit more surprising there's two City defenders in that mm. top five. So, um, you know... It, Putting that aside, though, but, you know, it's essentially it's our League One defence that's still competing and performing. But I think there's something in some supporters that just thinks to progress, we need to replace these players. But they they just keep performing. And I think even this season, you know, he was challenged with the arrival of Christie. But I think probably coupled with Christie dropping off a bit. But I think Coyle's really risen to the occasion and, and really settled into that captaincy role as well and um, looks a terrific contributor in that eleven. Yeah, I think it, it, there is an interesting sort of element of, of snobbery that comes out um, sort of whenever we sign a player from a lower league. There's, it's sort of we always, regardless of, you know, age, experience, potential, whatever, we always just seem to, the, the, or the fan base, the, the general sentiment seems to be like, oh, well, why are we going here? We, sh- we should be getting better. We should be aiming higher for, like, for these players. Um, but I think... 
think Louis Coyle has shown certainly that um, I think he's, he's shown his character, I think, really, more than anything that while, yeah, I mean, I'll admit he's not probably the the, the, the flashiest or classiest um, defender, doesn't necessarily have the best, you know, footwork, ball control, whatever, but, um, or positioning. I think he does get caught out positionally, uh, you know, a fair bit, but I think his, his heart and desire um, you know, that absolute heart on your sleeve, leave everything on the pitch attitude, um, you know, die for the club. That is what endears him to to many supporters, to me. And I think what, you know, the, you know, the, the other players, you know, appreciate and respect and, and recognize in him that he is, you know, doing his best to, to lead by example, that he's given, giving everything he can. I think even you only have to look back a month to you know all of those issues with his the, the broken nose and then he came, yeah. took missed a game came back got smashed in the face again then basically just stuck a mask on and just kept kept playing so um there's plenty of players out there um who aren't up for the fight in that sort of situation who are very willing to just say i'll just take the couple of weeks i'll, I'll recover and then i'll come back you know w- when it's fully healed but he has just said don't worry about it. Let's just get on with it. Um, so I think that's worth um, worth some appreciation. Yeah, and he was appreciated with a, uh, a new three-year deal over the summer, <clears throat> which is also great to see. I think it was a bit of a surprise to some. I think there was an assumption that he might be, I suppose, slowly phased out of the side and so might only get a one- or two-year extension on his deal. But um, the three-year deal shows the confidence and the support that, that Rosina and management have in him, um, especially as club captain and um he's repaying it i mean he got the goal consolation goal against west Brom the other week but he's as you say i mean he's showing his resilience and his desire to get out there and compete even with those injuries and i mean not to directly compare him to Connolly because you can't know what the injury was to Connolly, but you know we're sort of talking about the toe injury that's keeping Connolly out versus the broken nose and cheekbone or whatever it might be that coil's got and he's battling through you know a bit different because you can't you don't run on your nose, but um, you know you need a you need a working foot to do that. But um, I suppose the broader point just being that you know, there's, as you say, there's probably a few players that could take a leaf out of Coyle's book in in his commitment to the cause and and his determination to play for us. So um, it was an interesting signing at the time because we signed him and Emmanuel, and so that was a bit unclear who was going to be that dominant right back. And it, it was Emmanuel who got the first chance, but Coyle, you know, in some ways, I mean, we've talked about Ingram before is sort of outlasting all these competitors to his position and Coyle's sort of doing the same with um, having seen off Christie as well. So, uh, yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see how he progresses over the next few seasons with us. Um, we'll talk about some teams that we're playing over the next seven days, um, both of which have former players in their ranks. Um, we'll start with the Swansea game, which, um, you know, it's pretty exciting, this Swansea game, because fingers crossed and all things going right, there will actually be four of our podcast members all watching this game at Cheers in Sydney uh, on the Saturday night. Uh, we've got Mitch, who hasn't been on the podcast in a little while, but, you know, for those of, of you in our Facebook group would know he does the prediction posts every week or does when I remind him. Um, 
He's he's going to the Sydney Derby beforehand, so we'll see what sort of state he's in and whether we can get him along to cheers. Um, and Mike as well, who is a pretty regular contributor to the podcast, um, should hopefully be making out it out as well, as well as yourself, of course, Dan, uh, making the the pretty fair trip down um, to Sydney, um, not just for this game, I should add, but uh, it'll be good, hopefully good to to see everyone in person. Yeah, look, I am really looking forward to it. Um, yes, no. Unfortunately, this time, I'm not coming down just off my own bat. I tried that once before, and the bloody EFL shifted the fixtures and ruined all my plans. So um, just a happy coincidence this time. Um, but don't mind at all. Um, it'll be good to actually meet you in person. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Which it. Just like, because... I was just Nine trying to think years, about it before. Is it that? Yeah, it's, I was like, it's. I was like five. No, it's more than that, because... Like I remember yeah. talking about the Premier League, like that Premier League yeah. season and, and the promotion. I'm, so I was like, it, it sort of reminds me of like, I mean, you being a teacher, it's not quite the same. But you know, the the role that I started um, over 2021, um, the number of people that I knew for you know six to 12 months by, via Zoom or screens before getting into the office, and you go, <laughs> geez, I've known you for so long, but I haven't actually seen you in person. It's a bit of a weird one. Yeah, so it'll um, it, it'll be. It'll be nice to uh to, to shake the hand, do the Absolutely. formal introductions. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, share a and beverage while we watch um yeah, watch Hull City smash Swansea. Yeah, so uh, managed by Michael Duff now, who took over in the summer when Russell Martin left. Um it's been a, an interesting start to the season for them because it's you know, they, they seem to have an art form out of picking their managers to suit a certain style of play. And Duff is sort of a divergence from that because he's a bit more of a direct manager, um, whereas Martin was a bit more possession heavy. Um, so they've only got five wins from the 16 games in the league under him uh, and only one win in their last five, which, you know, dare I say, it's probably putting him on pretty rocky ground. Um, I think he's one of those managers who, when he was under, he's, he's a bit in the Grant McCann mold where he was a, he put under a bit of pressure and was very prickly when asked about his relationship with the fans. And he said he's, you know, he's not there to make friends with the fans. He's there to win football matches. And it's like, oh, well, mate, you're not doing that either. So I don't know why you're drawing attention to that. But um, interestingly, like our only win in the last five against them was, was I think it was actually Shotter's first game. Um, it was definitely one of the first um, in a 2-0 win last season. Um, but, yeah, look, seems a great chance at, at three points. Yeah, I think um, we are certainly improving our form. We had a bit of a rocky patch, but I think, because what are we, three wins in our last five? Yeah, well, even three in the last three in the last four, which is three clean sheets in the last four as well. But So, um, seem to be stringing a little bit of form together, a bit of a break and for some, um, you know, and I think it was good to see, you know, Philogene, Delap, Morton all go away with the England under-21s, get some game time. There were some goals amongst them. Um, so that was, that was, that was really good. They'll come back buzzing full of confidence. Um, and I think, yeah, just a really good opportunity to continue to stay here, claim for, for that top six, um, p- position or, or, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I guess for me, I, like I'm, I'd be pretty happy to back the 11 that came out against Huddersfield. I, I suppose I'm just thinking on that discussion earlier around Philogene, whether we, you know, if Lakilo is fit following the international break, whether we see him regain a place in the team, but it's it's a tough team to get into at the moment because it's not as if there's an obvious player to drop out because Traore, Tufan is um, playing a whole lot better. Twine seems to be on the improve as well. Morden, as we say, has just come away 
with the England under 21s and, and being fantastic. So you'd almost say that the team just picks itself as, as the same 11 from last time. Yeah, I think um, it's a nice it's a nice position to be in for once where we're not able to really clearly identify who is the weak link, who's making the mistakes, who should get replaced. Um, and I think, you know, with – I could only suggest, like, if any of those – um, but if then it's Europe, they didn't travel that fast. I was going to say, like, if any of those were, were leggy or, th- you know, potentially after after their games. But I think they seem to get managed pretty well because I think Delap and Philogene started in the first one, but not the second. And I think yeah. one was the reverse, didn't didn't start the first, but started um, the, the second one. So I can't really see any reason why any of them would be. Um, and the game this morning was just at Goodison as well. So it's not even mm, that much of travel. Not, yeah, not, that's what I was so. I can't really see any reason to um, to, to change. Um, I, I think I think we just uh, you know it was it we discussed it earlier in the season. Just a little bit of a time feeling out period of trying to find sort of what was the best eleven and what was the right balance. Um, but I think we're kind of sorting that out. It, it's become pretty clear what the best back four is. Um, despite the you know um, the, the pedigree of some of the players we pr- or the hype that came with some of the players we brought in, particularly you know in left back, but um, I was yeah. going to say, I mean, the, the one element we didn't really talk about in the Huddersfield game was that Vinagre coming on at left wing was actually quite productive because it was his crosses that sort of mm. I suppose opened up the play for Delap's goal. I, I wouldn't necessarily do it from the start, but. If we're no. talking about wide options to, to sort of take the brunt off Philogene, whether it's, you know, a repeated performance against Swansea. Yeah, well, I don't know whether I actually... Did I actually write that in the chat or anything? I could have... I swore... I was at least... I, I was definitely thinking about it, even if I didn't put in there, about... Say, I could have sworn I suggested doing something like simple saying, you know, we do it with Christy on the other side where he's actually like yeah. the right fullback, but he plays oh, I think you higher. did, yeah. And I said it would be a weird shout to suggest maybe Vinagre comes on in the left wing spot to, um, you know, a bit of pace. He's nice and direct, could cause some problems. So um, I actually, yeah, I didn't like, st- he still does kind of need to work, get that consistency in the in the final delivery. Um, but I thought he was pretty good. He was nice and direct, took, his, took some players on, got to the byline, got a few crosses in and, and was um, a part of creating some chaos in their box, you know, late in that game. So, I'd be very supportive of seeing something like that happen again. Um, and I think it's it's sort of just a, an extra element, you know, some extra versatility, some extra options, um, you know, depending on the game, if you need, if we need someone who's going to be, you know, pacey and direct and, and take on the fullback and then you've got someone like Benagra that can come on. If not, if you want, you know, a different style of play, then, you know, we, we've got, plenty of midfielders who've taken a shift out there. You've got maybe Lakilo who isn't probably as quick as Philogene and, and Vinagre are, but is um, you know, is coming along. So I think yeah, I, I probably wouldn't change eleven, but I think we've got we're starting to get some really interesting options. Um and I think a good variety of options in, in across you know, I mean across the pitch in general, but across that forward sort of um area particularly. 
Yeah, no doubt. Um, and, you know, from a Swansea perspective, the probably biggest inclusions are Yates, who signed in the summer from Blackpool, um, who, who's doing a reasonable job up forward for them. Uh, and then, of course, Josh Tymon signing from Stoke uh, as a former City player um, to come up against in this game. But, uh, look, it will be interesting in that sense. But uh, what's your score prediction for this one? Uh, let's go 2-0. I'm feeling nice. pretty confident. I think we got some. Um, we seem to be building a bit of form. We're scoring more regularly at the moment. Not not super regularly, but I reckon we can can build on a one nil to go to two nil. The last one I saw at Cheers was against Stoke, which was a, a nice three one win. So hopefully that's a, a good sign or a good omen for this one. And hopefully we can get a couple of goals on the board. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll stick with your two nil as well. Um. We've then got Rotherham midweek, so this time next week I think it's a Wednesday morning game. Um, they sacked their manager, Matt Taylor, during the international break. I don't think they've actually replaced him yet. They've got a couple of guys sort of – I looked it up on Wikipedia and they've got three guys named as uh, the interim manager in Scott Brown, Wayne Carlisle and Dan Green. I don't know if that means that all three of them will be in the dugout or or how that situation's unfolding. But um, sub each other in and out. That's it, yeah. Um, that Like Swansea, they've only got the one win in the five games, although they did get a 2-2 draw with Ipswich in their penultimate game, which uh, you know, isn't too bad a result, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, so they've also got a former City player in their midst with uh, Sam Kluke signing on a free transfer. Only I feel like it was only in the last couple of weeks. It was a very late one. Um, and da- Daniel Ayala, who, you know, is a very, you know, blast from the past player because he was in our team back in 2010, 2011, I believe, under uh, old Nigel Pearson as a loanee from Liverpool. So quite some time ago now. But uh, And, of course, Tom Apes, who um, I don't think is, you know, I, I remember when he signed for them, he said, you know, I'm going to be a 15-goal-a-season striker or something like that. He said, I've got to have that confidence. I've got to, I don't, I don't even think he's scored a single goal for them yet. So, um yeah, I mean, look, it's another game against a side that's you know, sitting 22nd in the table. Um, really should be an opportunity to get six points from these two games. Yeah, I can't. I I'd be really this is uh, I'd be really disappointed if we probably if we didn't pick up the six points. Um, it's one of those where I'd say like four points is a is a minimum, um, but pretty much anything other than the six is is disappointing. Um, if we somehow manage to lose either of these games, very disappointing. Um, but yeah, I, I'd ex- be expecting a couple of wins. Um, but yeah, yeah, not much more to say than that, is there? Yeah, I think this this is this is definitely. I mean, they could approach it like Huddersfield, which would be the Warriors that they could come in and just park the bus and um, we come away. You'd still hope with a one 0 win, but this is the game against Rotherham where I'd be hoping that we can really fill our boots and and you know uh, we had the four two win last season under Dawson. Uh, we seem to match up pretty well against them. Um, I'd be hoping we can get some goals in this game, like sort of a two or a three 0 win at a minimum, really. Is yeah, sorry, three to you at the worst moment. Um, yeah, absolutely. This is uh, I think Swansea's. Um, you know, going to be a really good game and a good test, um, but we should still be able to win fairly comfortably. I think Rotherham is is a game where we should be, you know, really just going for the kill. This should be a game where we are looking to get, you know, three or four goals, come away with a big with a big win, bucket loads of confidence. 
um, you know, heading into the next next few fixtures after that, because I think that's probably the only thing that's really missing is getting some, being able to take advantage of those games against the, those the opposition at the bottom of the of the league is we really need to just be putting them to the sword, making these wins convincing. Um, just if for nothing else than just to you know boost that goal difference because there's some teams in that top six already who have massive goal differences. So um, that's probably something that we, that's the only thing that I'd say we really need to do so that we can you know improve our own and put ourselves in a really safe um, position because I can't think of anything that would be worse than getting to the end of the season and then missing out on top six, missing out on playoffs because of goal difference. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, look, this is a good opportunity to hopefully get the six points in the bag and uh, hopefully we're back here next week talking about two fantastic wins. But, look, until next time, thank you for joining me, Dan. Yeah, well, next time won't be that far. It's only, um, only yeah. the weekend. I'll, uh, I'll shout you a beer at, uh, at Cheers on the weekend, absolutely. Uh, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber Black. All the city's on fire Where the burning desire Tigers are roaring and destiny's calling Cause now is the time Yeah, the city's on fire Going higher and higher There's no turning back Cause you're out